Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Saturdays with Jenny. With Jenny every Saturday from, from 9, 9 to 11 a.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Well, I'm going to suggest that you do something that maybe you haven't done before. And that is to get to the Javid Art Centre. It's at the University of Pretoria. It actually, it actually spans the road. So you, uh, you enter the, uh, the centre. I mean, it's big. Uh, you enter the centre on one side of the road and then the, it, it's built right across. So you actually, it straddles uh, the freeway. It really is. It's terrific. And right there in the middle of the Javit Art Centre, there is something that we're going to be speaking about now. So let's go to the director of the Javit Art Centre and that is Christopher Till. And I know that he has been driving for kilometre upon kilometre to get um, a good reception or a good signal uh, because he's in the middle of the bush. So, Christopher, thanks so much for joining us on Kaya FM. Great pleasure, Jenny. Well, listen, I don't know I don't know which bush you're in. I mean, for all I know that you might be in Mali or Kenya or um, the Kruger or somewhere. Are you, are you somewhere lovely? Yes, lovely. Close to Pinda. Uh, uh, okay. Beautiful private game, game camp, which I've uh, uh, been lucky to be invited by some friends and uh, you're making the most of it. Well, I would say, and I hope the weather has also been kind to you because it's been mm-hmm. kind to us here. So we're just loving it. Uh, yep. Christopher, just, uh, I mean, I've, I've thought about this for so long. And, uh, and it seems to me that the Javid Art Centre itself is a place that people would, I think that they would absolutely love coming into because there is so much art in there that is African. I'm thinking of that gigantic canvas. I think it's on the ground floor. And it's the sinking of the Mendy, but also the Voltamada story comes into it. I mean, it's enormous. But, you, you know, you put children in front of that and they... They could spend hours just looking at that gigantic canvas. <laughs> well, yes, we've got a number of exhibitions at the Javit, um, which we opened last September um, and sadly had to close again like everybody else um, in March. And we are reopening again on the 24th of September. So once again, people will be able to come to the Javit and have a look at the exhibitions which have been um, sitting there for quite some time. Um, and of course, the engagement with uh, a wide audience, including uh, uh, children, is important and it's part of our public programming where we, we introduce the artworks that we have in the, in the Javit to, to the public. Um, and we have uh, facilitators who assist in that process because, of course, it's, uh, it's very educational and there are many levels to approach looking at art, uh, including the, the historical narrative, which you just mentioned, the thinking of the Mende, uh, Delville Wood. Uh, there's, there's so many stories that are told uh, um, by by the artists, particularly in the, one of the main exhibitions we have on, which is uh, 101 Collecting Conversations, which is a work, 101 works collected from 64 um, uh, institutions and collections around the country, which one could describe as signature works. So it's really worth coming to, to, to have a look at. Um, but I think today you wanted to discuss a particular exhibition, am I right? Yes, I do. Uh, I just uh, I do, do just want to also mention, so people don't think it's just Mup and Goodway that we're going to be talking about. But also, if, you've got, if you bring children with you, there is interactive. There's interactive art as well, which I think is a brilliant stroke. 
Well, yes, you know, um, museums and art galleries are, are evolving in the sense of being very centrally placed um, uh, with regard to education, social issues of the day, artists commenting on um, uh, the, the human condition, if you want to describe it like that. So we, we're looking at ways of how that interactivity can, can take place. And in, in particular, we've, we've uh, introduced um, uh, an interactive uh, iPad um, engagement with the Mapungubwe exhibition. All right, well, let's talk about that because I, I, I'm, I'm going through the feelings that I have when we actually entered the section that is Mapungubwe, but you don't see the gold from Mapungubwe at the beginning. I actually thought that it was... I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I couldn't believe the rings that I was seeing, and I couldn't believe that it was gold because it was just, <laughs> it was just so overwhelming. Take us through the the entrance uh, to Mapungubwe in the first place. Well, it's actually the the the, the uh, specific wing of the building is, is devoted to what we've called the gold of Africa, of which the Mapungubwe is one exhibition. But I think the collection you're referring to is actually the Anglo gold. Um, uh, Barbie Mueller collection, which is a West African collection of gold ar- artifacts, which I originally uh, installed in Martin Malk House in Cape Town many years ago, and we operated that as a, a museum of gold uh, around a particular collection. And that collection uh, had been put together by a man by the name of Joseph Mueller, a German industrial, a Swiss industrialist. Um, and over 50 years, going to Ghana and the West Coast, he, he put together this extraordinary collection. That was passed over to his daughter um, and her husband, uh, Monsieur Barbier, and they opened a museum in um, Geneva, which is still there, of course, with all sorts of extraordinary collections, including this particular gold collection. Um, Anglo Gold Ashanti at a particular moment um, bought that collection and brought it back to South Africa. And I was contacted and asked, well, what do we do with it? Who do we give it to? And I said, no, 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 let us make a museum, which we did in, in Cape Town. So that collection was originally in Cape Town, uh, which unfortunately at a particular moment had to close. And the collection had been in storage for a number of years back in uh, a vault uh, in Germiston somewhere, but uh, with the reopening, or rather the, the construction and opening of the Javit Art Center, we were able to bring the gold back into the, the bottom floor of that wing that you described. And as you walk in, there is a, 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 a chart, a time chart, if you can describe it, that a historical time chart of the world. But beneath it, we have juxtaposed the, the, the historical narrative of gold. So that is your introduction as you as you move from one space into a dark area where we have hung showcases from the roof, so they float. And in these showcases, we've exhibited that extraordinary gold collection. Now, the gold um, is represented representative of power and wealth. And in Ghana and ancient Ghana um, and, and Ivory Coast uh, and Mali, gold was traded. And uh, the king uh, um, and uh, the, the royalty uh, wore, wore these extraordinary jewel, uh, gold jewelry pieces made by goldsmiths. 
Um, and to see the, the, the volume, not only the volume, but the scale, as you've described, of these of these amulets, bracelets, rings, um, with a zoomorphic uh, theme, because uh, they responded to proverbs, uh, which were part of the, the spirituality of the people. And then uh, one moves upstairs into a space where there is a single showcase, and in that single showcase, all the major pieces of Mapungubwe gold have been placed. So they are they are exhibited almost uh, in in a, a reverential uh, manner, uh, where it, it reflects the fact that the Mapungubwe gold uh, was found on top of the Mapungubwe uh, hill mountain. And it was a spiritual and sacred site in, 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 in graves because the, the gold was buried with, with the kings and, and, and royalty. So it's almost like a tomb uh, of showing mm. the good way gold with the rhino and the staff and so on. So it's an extraordinary visual uh, and, and exciting experience. Christopher, what what sort of blew my mind with both the exhibitions that you're talking about was when you go into this dark, this womb-like place, womb, tomb, I, it's, it's, uh, it's an enclosed dark place and the, the gold just shines out. Uh, yes. Most of us are familiar with the figure of the golden rhino, but yes. I had no idea about the the staffs, the um, the the oh. yes, the heraldic. Just take us through yeah. that because I've not seen even pictures of it. Yes, well, the um, the collection was originally um, excavated from the hill that described, which is on the border of Zimbabwe and and Botswana. Um, where the Shashi River meets the Zambezi, and uh, with the Limpopo, I don't know where get confused, uh, the Limpopo. And the, the, the site in itself is absolutely amazing. You can only get to it on one, one uh, route, so it could be guarded very easily with the populace below and the royalty above. And in these graves were collections of um, uh, 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 what had been anklets, bracelets, necklaces of gold beads, uh, hundreds and thousands of them. And the, the technique, technique of making those beads is quite amazing. And then the, 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 the pieces that you are referring to, the famous gold rhino, the bowl, the staff, um, those pieces um, were in certain of those graves. And, and some of them have been restored. It's mainly gold leaf uh, over a wooden core using gold tacks to hold the gold leaf over over that core. Um, but they are national treasures, and they are national treasures. And the juxtaposition of those extraordinary pieces in this hallowed space and place, paying homage to the heritage of, of the people um, and, and their spirituality, and we're the custodians of that collection. It's been, uh, it's, they've been in a building in the University of Pretoria since the 30s, but now we've been able to take those pieces and put them in a place and space where the public can easily interface and, and enjoy and learn and experience the, the, the power of, of those objects.
Well, Christopher, just hold on a moment. We've just got to go away for a couple of minutes. So if you've just tuned in, we're having a fascinating discussion about uh, about the Mappengubwe gold, but also gold from other parts of Africa. And I'm talking about jewellery. I'm talking about uh, animal figures like uh, Mappengubwe, the little rhino, and, uh, and whatever. And, uh, I mean, it is so amazing when you stand in front of all of these floating cabinets, it is just amazing. You look down a little bit on the Mappengubwe uh, jewellery. But we'll come back to that with Christopher Till just after this. Saturdays with Jenny. With Jenny, every Saturday from, from 9, 9 to 11, 11 a.m. On Kaya FM 95.9. And we're talking to Christopher Till, who is the director of the Javad Art Centre at the University of Pretoria. And I'll give you the details of the address and opening times, but it is only open, I think, in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, but Christopher, just to, to go back to the Mappengubwe collection in particular, the the rhino is absolutely uh, beautiful. It is so dainty. And I had no idea until I actually went there that it wasn't solid gold, it was gold leaf. And there's a pangolin as you come into that section before you get into the map and goodway section which is also i think it's wood it's a carving and on top of it is a gold leaf pangolin that is so dainty it is so beautiful i, I just want it you know it is just it's poignant as well yes well in actual fact that piece is as you say it's almost the first piece you see as you come into the bobby and Mueller, uh, collection that one is actually cast gold and I think most of that collection um, is is cast, and that is what is so extraordinary. It's sort of an ancient uh, tradition of of, of casting um, um, gold, and you would have noticed um, uh, some of the other uh, uh, zoomorphic animal figures there. That extraordinary crocodile, uh, which is uh, which is probably about uh, thirty centimeters. Uh, long and um, weighs a considerable amount. I mean, so that is a, that is a, a, a solid gold casting. Uh, there, there is the monitor lizard, uh, same same sort of thing. And then you you might have noticed the lion uh, um, in in the second section of that room, which is an amazing piece, um, also cast gold. So the actual um, uh, um, techniques used in, in, in making these, these objects um, speak to a, a tradition of gold trade and, as I've said, uh, the, the, the uh, gold being used uh, in uh, adornment as, as symbols of power and wealth. Um, but then there are also other pieces which are, have a wooden core and, 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 and gold leaf like the staffs, uh, of office, uh, there are sandals uh, with gold leaf topped on uh, because the king's feet cannot touch the ground. Um, so everything is gold. Everything is little. It's, it's that extraordinary experience of uh, imagining this alluvial gold mining, and it's alluvial obviously from rivers. But that ancient gold trade um, was across. Um, West Africa through Sahara via Timbuktu uh, to Egypt. Um, so, and the trade was salt coming back and gold going out. Um, and to think that 
that ancient uh, uh, tradition of, of gold trade, of which Mapungubu is also a part, but on the other side, of course, on the eastern side, um, is, is long before any gold was discovered in, in the Bartosran. So one thinks of South Africa and Johannesburg as a city of gold. Well, there were other cities of gold prior to that, way back in the 1300s. Um, so it's that historical narrative mixed with the technical ability that was shown by the, the goldsmiths uh, linked into heritage, spirituality, and sheer um, artistry. Um, and when the collection, the Bobby Muller uh, collection was in Cape Town, uh, as I described earlier, that was really used by Anglo Gold at the time as a uh, an opportunity to show people um, a traditional design and uh, and to, to to get contemporary jewelers to have a look at those designs and uh, you know make a, a, serve as some sort of inspiration. So now that it is in this very special uh, situation in the Javit, that same thing applies. Uh, it's, it's, it's not only the, the wonder but somebody walks in, but it's, it's, it's a great deal of information is contained uh, on, on, uh, on the one wall panel which, which, which describes the techniques, uh, how it was made, what the zoomorphic figures represent, uh, and, uh, and also photographic imagery to show how it's worn by uh, the people of West Africa. Um, and of course, uh, we are, we're still in the process of developing the Mapungubwe gold to its next phase. Um, and that we want to produce a, um, uh, a virtual reality experience where you can feel as though you're walking across the mountain uh, in the north of our country uh, in that space. So we will add the experiential element that you spoke about. So, to just to come to a conclusion, what I imagine from the gold, the Mapungubwe gold, are these ceremonies that must have taken place on top of the mountain. You don't have um, the staffs and um, the, you know the heaviness of of some of the the implements that you could see. You don't have that without some kind of a ceremony. Well, definitely, and you know the 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 the, um, the the gold collection, as we've been talking about, is with us at the Javit Art Centre. Uh, however, the actual archaeological elements that were um, uh, excavated on the site are still in another building uh, on the university campus um, in the old arts building. Um, but that 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 historical. Um, uh, uh, investigation which has been taking place uh, since the 30s. There is a great deal of information on on this kind of thing. The curator of that collection is Dr. Cyan Tiley. Uh, uh, he's produced uh, a, a booklet on it uh, 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 as national treasures. And of course, remember that one of our awards uh, national awards is a Mapungubwe award. So it, it's sort of a uh, is indicative of the importance of that site and uh, what it represents even in our contemporary uh, culture as um, uh, as I've described uh, a, a signature uh, honoring somebody with the Mapungubwe award. Well, look, it's, it's, you, you bring it to life, Christopher, and of course you were behind uh, getting it up here to us uh, in, uh, in Gauteng. So I want to say thank you very much indeed. Just to clarify something you said, that the, the Javid Arts Centre will be open mid, mid-September? 
Yes, on the same uh, day, the 24th of September, which is Heritage Day, and that is our reopening to the public. And I would suggest the public go and look at our, our website uh, as to how we're going to manage that uh, reopening. Uh, obviously, we're having to put in all sorts of uh, safety procedures and, and, and uh, how we deal with people coming through. So if anybody wants to come and uh, actually see what we've been talking about, um, go onto the website, but it'll be from the 24th of September we'll be, we, 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 we reopen. Christopher Till, thank you very, very much indeed and enjoy your stay in the bush and, and the efforts you made to, to speak to us here. Thank you very much indeed. Let me give you the details again. The Javit, um, uh, it's up at the University of Pretoria Hatfield campus. The address is 23 Linwood Road at Elonsport. But I think Christopher's suggestion of going online is better than me giving you all the details. And remember from the 24th, remember Heritage Day is the day that it opens opens but when when it's a little quieter maybe go there and and maybe take your children because there are some gigantic canvases almost as big as two rooms put together um, of some historical events that have happened in South African history. I've actually taken photographs of it just to remind me of it, but it is worthwhile taking young people there as well. And sometimes you want to have a quiet space and look at art for art's sake, but uh, that gold is just absolutely amazing. And as Christopher kept highlighting, it's not only just a South African heritage, it is a world heritage. The, 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 the sophistication of of that gold is absolutely phenomenal. I promise you, it really is. You'll be you'll be phoning me and saying thank you for sending us there. So just enjoy that. Coming up next, of course, we'll be speaking to Malusi Shabalala. It's a good day to have a good day. A good day. Saturdays with Jenny every Saturday from nine to eleven a.m. Rewinding, rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind.